From team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game, Locked On MLB Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on the future of your favorite team. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast. Today is Monday, July 26th. 2021. I, of course, am your host, Dan Wilson, and on today's episode, a two-parter interview with self-proclaimed betting expert Anthony DeBundo. He gives the case for optimism for the Phillies to win the National League East as we approach the trade deadline here now this week. We recorded this a few days ago, a little backed up on the episodes. We recorded this during the Braves series, as you'll hear. Phillies, of course, getting a 2-2 split with the Atlanta Braves, but he alludes to a number of things, including the upcoming schedule and really why the Phillies, just because of the circumstance they're in, in the NL East division that they're in, it wouldn't be the case in any other division, why this team can and why there's a pretty good chance they could get into the postseason. So I needed some optimism, as many of you know, I've been down on this team for much of this season, but I'm trying to look at the glass half full. I want to believe that this team could do it, regardless of whether I think they actually will. So he provides me with the case for optimism. So without any further hesitation, here is my conversation with Anthony DeBondo. Joining us on today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast, a longtime friend of mine now writes baseball and other sports uh, from a betting perspective. You can follow all of that at Anthony DeBundo on Twitter, recently verified on Twitter, Anthony DeBundo. Uh, Welcome to the program. I feel like I have a distinguished guest now. You know, if I had a dollar for every verified joke uh, I have gotten in the last few weeks, uh, I think the Phillies would be over the luxury tax. They could maybe I should send it to them. They could buy some players. Uh, but yes, uh, you can follow me at Anthony Bundo. I write about baseball, mostly soccer too, um, from betting perspective, but it's been, it's been a fun season so far and a really fun trade deadline coming up. Well, so we'll start right there. So we got seven games separating the Phillies and the major league trade deadline. They're a game below 500. If you didn't know anything else, if you were just dropped on the planet earth today and said the Phillies are a game below 500 a week before the trade deadline, you'd probably think they're going to sell. They're not having that great of a season. It's been pretty mediocre. Not necessarily the case. You're here to, you know, listeners of this podcast know how negative or how often I can complain. Give me the reasons for optimism. Obviously, look at this NL East has not been a great division so far this year, but give me the reasons for optimism, specifically from the Phillies perspective and why, I mean, I believe they're going to be buyers, but why you're sold that this is the right decision. This team actually can contend for a playoff spot. At the, the, the current situation, uh, the Phillies are a long way away if they decide to sell from ever building anything toward a championship team to compete with the Dodgers and the Padres, who I think are going to be pretty dominant in the NL for a, at least the medium term, and the Mets, who now have a lot more money with, with uh, Cohen being willing to spend. So for me, w- what's your goal? And your goal needs to be to get this team to the playoffs. Uh, the reality is if you get in, you know, you're getting the Brewers in the first round who are a very good team, but they're very beatable. They're not as good as the those three NL West teams. When you haven't made it to the playoffs in 10 years, that's the ultimate priority. That's the only thing that matters uh, for me, at least. Uh, and so you have an opportunity here. The Mets are not very good. Um, they're a good team with a lot of questionable pieces. They just traded for Rich Hill because they're desperate for starter help. Uh, Carlos Carrasco may come back. He looks like he's going to, but you don't know how effective he's going to be. He has not pitched in a while. But the main reason for optimism is the schedule. Uh, you know, the Phillies have played the toughest schedule in baseball. They've gone 500 against it. That's not great. A, a, a very good team would not go 500 in this situation, but they're not awful. They're done with uh, Toronto, Boston, and New York. They have no games left with San Francisco. 
They have one road trip to San Diego, one road trip to Milwaukee, the Dodgers, the Reds, and the Rays at home, and then the divisional games. When you look at it, the Mets have the toughest schedule in the league remaining, four games ahead. They still have a ton of games left against some of the best teams, including the three I just mentioned in the American League. And they have a 14-game stretch in August against the Giants, Dodgers, Giants, and Dodgers. So there's going to be chances to make up games, and I think the Phillies have a chance to take advantage of the weakest teams in the NL who are tanking and try to make a playoff run. And I think it's worth it to go buy pieces to go make that run uh, because even if the Phillies trade for prospects, they haven't been able to develop any prospects anyway. So uh, I'm not going to bank on, on young talent coming through the pipeline. And I totally hear you on that sentiment. And I, for the longest time was saying like, this team's got to sell. And then they did their, what they do every single month where they start out the month hot and they, it's like, okay, well, they're close enough. They're probably going to buy. I'm looking around the roster and saying, this is year three of Bryce Harper uh, in Philadelphia. He, they were supposed to make the playoffs or be in contention for the playoffs at this point. Certainly they re-signed JT Romuto to try and win right now. Dave Dombrowski's your president of baseball ops. Like this is not the timeline suggests not selling and trying to rebuild. Now, just to give you kind of the flip side of where I was at say a month ago, I wasn't suggesting that you tear it down and rebuild per se, but we have seen teams sell at the deadline and essentially just play for next year and then come back and be good. Most notably, I think the 2018 nationals were sellers at the deadline. They came back and won the world series the following year. So it's not as if every time it like, it's not as if in major league baseball, every team who's a seller is tearing their entire roster down and every team who's a buyer is making the big splash, which is what I'll get to you with in my next question here. What realistically can they buy? We're hearing a lot of Chris Bryant, a lot of Byron Buxton, a lot of Craig Kimbrell. As you view this, and the Phillies don't have a lot of pipeline talent, as you mentioned, typically that is what you would sell off to get one of those guys. What realistically can they get between now and the next week? And as you see it, they lost last night at the hands of the Braves, got three more games against Atlanta coming up this weekend, four against the Nationals. They could be anywhere from you know, a game out of the division tied for the division lead or seven games out and sitting in third or fourth place. I mean, it, how much are you waiting to see what happens in this next week for how aggressively you go at this? I think, I think it definitely plays a big role. I mean, if you can take, you know, now we're looking at, you know, win four of six against Atlanta and Washington. Uh, I think that really starts to change things once we get towards that deadline. Uh, and then you're saying, okay, look, we know the Mets schedule is going to get bad. We know that the Phillies look, and I, and this is a conversation that I've been having. I feel like for the last year and a half, and eventually the regression is going to come for this bullpen and this pitching staff. I mean, if I told you the Phillies were seventh best in expected FIP in baseball, what would you tell me? If that they were seventh best in expected FIP, FIP you wouldn't believe it. That yeah, at it's this true. point in the season, it's no, true. It, as bad well, as their it, bullpen has been. At some points, they have a lot of guys who have been quite unlucky. No, no. Look well, no further I was going to say that, that Hector Neris, to how bad the defense has been. The defense plays a role in that. Absolutely. But also when you give up, you know, eventually when you don't give up high quality contact frequently, when you have the second highest amount of your fly balls leaving the ballpark, which tends to regress when you have guys who are getting a lot of ground balls, but they seem to be finding a lot of holes. That's part of the defense, but also, uh, you know, other things, this team, the, the pitching is not as bad as you think if you add Craig Kimbrell. And that's the number one number one addition for me. Uh, they could go get another bat and improve this lineup a lot, but I think the cost there is going to be way bigger than 
uh, they're going to be want, willing to pay. Um, obviously, if Bryant or Starling Marte become available and the price is right, you, you absolutely fire on it because those guys are uh, difference makers in the middle of a lineup. But Kimbrell, in terms of just like an immediate upgrade, Kimbrel becomes your ninth inning guy. Neris becomes your eighth inning guy. You shot Alvarado, Brogdon, further down the list. Uh, Ranger Suarez, again, still in the mix. For me, not going to be a long-term closer. I think, I think everybody knows that. Um, so adding another good bullpen arm makes everyone's job easier in that back end, and nobody in baseball has been better than Kimbrel this year. So Kimbrel is where I'd look to go in terms of adding pieces, uh, the first and biggest priority, because if you can just close out some games, uh, Nola will positively regress. Same thing with Eflin when he gets back off the injured list. Both of those guys running pretty unlucky, unlucky as well. So there's there's a lot of positive regression signs for a team that's about to go into a really easy stretch of the schedule. So you add Kimbrel. What I was going to ask you, what do you do in terms of rotational depth? You uh, notoriously, I tweeted out that Matt Moore, that the Phillies were seven and one, and Matt Moore starts. You correct me, it was six and one. But now after last night, I believe we're at six and two. If I'm getting my timeline here correct so when we know Matt Moore has been less than stellar less than good so far this season you don't necessarily feel good every time Vince Velasquez goes out there and now you have Zach Eflin sidelined for an undetermined amount of time here are you making a run at are you are you offering the contract for the Cole Hamels reunion are you looking elsewhere for starting pitcher I mean can they really make a run at the playoffs with the rotation as it's currently constructed Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine different flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches, nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded Chew is offering a locked-on team listeners special offer Right now, you can get it for just $1. That's right, just $1. Go to www.fullyloadedshoe.com. Use the promo code Locked On, just $1, and free shipping if you use the promo code Locked On at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it a Fully Loaded Shoe. That's www.fullyloadedshoe.com. This episode is also brought to you in part by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even that new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. I think they can get by. Uh, I think they need to be more willing to commit to bullpen games. Uh, and, you know, there's obviously the, the risk to that. I'd like to see more Spencer Howard. There's no reason for him to waste innings uh, in AAA when he could he could easily go two or three innings uh, in the major leagues. And look, I know everybody who who is a traditionalist will say, oh, you know, you need your starter to go five. You really don't if you have guys like Nolan Wheeler who can eat innings at the other end of the rotation. And they have been. I mean, Nolan Wheeler and Eflin have pitched more innings than any starting trio in baseball. 
So when you can, you know, work Howard uh, and and Velazquez, maybe you, you do more piggybacking, which I know a lot of people got on Girardi for, but I thought was a pretty good idea. Um, I think you can get by with what they have right now, which is what I say, three and a half starters. Uh, Velazquez has looked bad in the last month, but I'm not uh, not going to, you know, he can give you the occasionally good start. That, that That's kind of worth it. But again, the Phillies problem in the first half was not the Velazquez more Howard uh, you know, Chase Anderson starts. It was the Wheeler Eflin Nola starts that they were under 500 in the first half of the season. And those three, when those three game guys started games. So the, the regression isn't going to come from Philadelphia winning all of these games um, in these bullpen games. They just need to play 500 ball, you know, and then try to go win more Nola starts, which they really haven't been doing this year. And you mentioned that is him. And I was going to say, you mentioned the eating innings thing, how disappointing in your estimation and, you know, from if you can work a betting angle into this also has been looking at an Aaron Nola start and saying you expect him to eat innings. And the other night when you know you have a bullpen game the next night in Yankee Stadium, he gives you five and a third and he's north of 100 pitches. Like it almost feels like every time they're like, all right, this is a big spot for Nola. He needs to come through. Is it fair to say that? I mean, he's falling short of that, essentially. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, look, the peripherals aren't bad on Nola. The, the hard contact rate is up. The strikeouts are up. The walks are down. Uh, his the thing is, he's not getting out of jams this year. I mean, he has he has struggled to end innings all year. Sixty nine percent, I think he was at strand rate, which was the lowest of his career uh, after after the start in New York, which is crazy. I mean, they didn't really have a lot of base runners in that game. If you go back and look, they just everybody who got on base scored. It felt like, and obviously there was two home runs, but you know. The, the reality is that, you know, Didi Gregorius make, not making that play is the difference between him getting through that fifth inning unscathed or not. Uh, so they have had no help from the defense. But I think for me, the, the thing with Nola is that there's just been too much hard contact uh, and that has to get cut down. But again, when your strikeouts are up, your walks are down and your BABIP allowed is crazy high. That's another thing where it's just like, OK, how long until Nola figures it out? And again, you know, that factors in, they, they've played a lot of really good offenses thus far. And the offenses they're going to play in the second half of the season aren't nearly as good. They've got a lot of games with, with Washington, who's a very average offense, Miami, who's not a very good offense, Colorado, Arizona, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. That's, that's more than half of their schedule. So you have to think about that in terms of, of, you know, if Nola can't get through six against Pittsburgh, okay, that's a problem. But the Yankees, the Yankees lineup, as bad as it looks right now and as bad as it was, they still take a lot of pitches. They don't strike out much. They walk a lot. Uh, that's that's kind of their calling card, and they, they really grind you down. So it shouldn't come as that big of a surprise that Nola struggled in New York. And, well, that was adds to the disappointment for me the other night as Nola's going in New York, that he's going up against – this isn't like the Bronx Bomber Yankees. This is the, no. the you know the AAA Yankees, and he's still – can't shut the down the lineup. He goes five and a third. He's like at 107 pitches, whatever it is, running a lot of high counts, as you mentioned, allowing a lot of hard contact, allowing any runners to get on base, like can't work out of the gym. And that was what's frustrating for me. So now you're calling on your bullpen to finish out that game, knowing you need a bullpen game the next night. Like it's not, you're not only losing that game for your team. You essentially lost the next game for your team. And I know they went to extra innings and still had a chance to win it and, you had the Brad Miller play and right in the ninth that didn't they they actually got out of that one because Ranger Suarez gets out of the jam like it was just a wild game but eventually that's going to tax your team and it's going to catch up with you and it's part of the reason why I look at last night's game and they're basically 
Girardi sitting there punting the game, leaving Matt Moore out there for six innings as he allows a grand slam. And he's like, all right, we'll just get him tomorrow because we, you can only, when you're in a situation where your bullpen is consistently getting taxed and they don't have another off day, I'm looking here until August the 9th. So he's looking at the schedule coming up and anytime they get down in games, you're almost forced to give it away because you have a higher chance to win the next night. But when you're in the situation that they're in, in the standings, like how often can you really afford to do that? Like at a certain point, you're just going to have to try and win the game that's in front of you. And I understand it's a tough balance, but it's kind of a, a bad position that Joe Girardi is put in because the starter Aaron Nola, who you come into the season thinking is going to be like the ace of your staff can't can, consistently cannot go deeper into games for you. I'll, I'll ask you to finish this sentence. The Phillies currently 47, 48 tied for second place in the NL East four games back them and the Braves both are of the Mets. The Phillies will make the playoffs, which I assume that's going to mean they're winning the national league East. The Phillies will win the national league East and end their playoff drought. If what happens, if, if they make two, um, two moves at the deadline and the, the Aaron Nola is more like 20, you know, 19 and 20 Aaron Nola in the second half of the season. That's what it comes down to for me. I don't know who the second move has to be. It could be a fourth starter. It could be an outfielder or a third baseman uh, to replace Bohm, who has really been a disappointment this year. And, and, you know, he, you know, so much excitement and anticipation for him. And I, I don't think there's a single player on the roster who's been more disappointing this year than him. Uh, both sides hitting, fielding, well, we, we know he not getting the vaccine. We, we, well, yeah, we know he couldn't field. So you hope he comes through with the bat, which he just hasn't done. So then he's no. just a net negative all around. Yes. Uh, so, you know, whether it's replacing him, I think, I think 85 wins gets you there, which means they need to go. What they have to win 48 games now. Uh, you win more, you, 38 games. Uh, 30, so 38 games, they've won 47 thus far and yeah. they have not. So 67 to go. Yeah. So that's the number. I mean, 38 and 29. I think that's very doable with the schedule. If you go and you cut down on the blown saves and you add one bat to this lineup or one starter to the back end of the rotation, uh, 38 and 29, very feasible. When you, again, you look at, you know, you have to take care of business against these bad teams, but you're also, you know, you're getting Pittsburgh at home for four, Colorado at home for four, Arizona at home for four. Uh, and then you go on the road for three. So they, they play more of their games at home than on the road. I think they have five or six extra home games compared to road games, second half or what's left, uh, you know, play 500 ball against the division, take advantage of the West, take advantage of the central and go win it. Uh, I think it's very doable. So I'm optimistic. And I want to see more from certain guys. Like I'm not, you know, and I'm not an optimist when it comes to being a Philly sports fan. And we've had these conversations in other sports, uh, specifically basketball about, you know, what my views are on kind of building a, a winning team and whatnot, and whether the Sixers have done a good job with Philly here. Like they're just in a different situation goal wise, forget competing for a championship. That is so far down the line right now for me. I want a playoff game. I want to see citizens bank park, full with a home game in game three against Milwaukee. And they, they have a chance. They had a chance to do it last year and it kind of would have been, you know, not a real playoff berth if they had snuck in and they would have gotten destroyed by the Dodgers and they wouldn't have gotten a home game. And there would have been no fans, but this is actually a real chance here. And it might be the best chance they have to win the NL East for a few years, because I think the Mets are really building something. So I want to take advantage of this. And this weekend's really important too, because if you knock Atlanta out, 
if you win two out of the next three and they struggle, they're going to New York for five after this. If they struggle there, Atlanta's out, they might sell off. And that changes the calculus then too, because it becomes more of a two horse race with Washington and hanging around. I don't think they're in it for the long haul either. So I like it. I actually grabbed some plus 650 on the Phillies at the deadline to win the division. So I'm feeling optimistic. More locked on Phillies coming right up. But first, I have to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, Head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams make their runs for the postseason. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. When you use that promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I was going to say, you know, we were actually talking last night. What are the updated odds? Uh, I had been looking at fan graphs and baseball reference, and I think I actually cross-referenced the two uh, to you, and I might have done it on the pod as well. What, what are the updated odds as of today for the Phillies to make the postseason? So baseball reference has them down to 30%. That's uh, as of recording uh, to make the playoffs, which is implied about plus 210. Uh, their actual odds, like if you were to go try to bet it, are much lower or much higher than that. Uh, you know, they're longer than that. I should say, uh, if you wanted to try to get the Phillies to win the MLB E or the NL East right now, pulling it up, they're being offered at plus three sixty. Uh, they were plus six sixty at the deadline at the All Star break. So think about that. I mean, they've gone three and four since the deadline. The Mets have played five hundred ball. They lost a series in Pittsburgh, and they are being offered at, at worse odds uh, or the Phillies are being offered at better odds than they were before that. So obviously the, the market is pricing in the fact that the Phillies are probably going to make a move. Uh, Atlanta seven to one uh, also in the mix. And then the nationals are 12 to one a little bit further out. But again, if the Phillies are willing to make the move, it's, it's a feasible situation. I wanted to go back to what you said in your answer before that kind of just the mentality of this team. Look, I, when I, talk about this team have talked about this team negatively for you know three and a half plus months it was out of frustration but it was also out of you know we were obviously very spoiled in the era we grew up in seeing the team win and at least after and at least after and at least it was like a given they were going to be in the playoffs and so at that point the world series becomes the goal and i've seen other teams you know you mentioned we've had this discussion in other sports take like the sixers who took forever to rebuild and through the execution of it have failed to get out of the second round. And you see other teams strive to get to a title and seemingly who started later get to the goal faster. And when you look at the Phillies, like are we just basically what you said, are we just at a point where we're lowering the bar? Is the goal of the season just to get a playoff game at Citizens Bank Park? Will the Phillies realistically ever be in contention for the World Series? I know baseball is a sport where sometimes you can get in and weird stuff happens more so than say a sport like basketball or even a sport like football where usually the odds on favorite, I, I definitely in basketball. And I would guess in football wins more often than say in baseball, where you get in one five game playoff series and your race doesn't have his best game, even though he pitched 20 great games over the course of the season, whatever the case is. 
are we looking at a situation where we're just lowering the bars? The goal is to make the playoffs and then say, hey, like that was worth it for the Bryce Harper era. Or if you say to yourself, okay, this team is not winning a World Series, like understanding the timeline of where I'm at, like are, have we lowered the bar for where we expect this Phillies team to get? And is that, in your opinion, a successful season? If this team makes the division series, that's it. And that's as far as Bryce Harper, Real Muto, and this group of guys on this team ever takes them. Well, that's two different questions, though. I think, you know, look, this year, playoffs are the only thing for me that I'm worried about. I want to get in the playoffs. Uh, You have to build to things. Uh, You don't, you know, most teams don't just walk in and then get hot and win the title. Uh, Washington, you know, that's like the most recent example. For years, they were close. And close and close and could not get on the door. Yeah. And they couldn't. Yeah. Harper. And then they, you know, Harper leaves and then they get, you know, Juan Soto breaks out. Patrick Corbin was a great addition and we find the way through and they win the world series. And even then they win a game five, they win a a, a wild card game, a game five, and then a game seven in the world series on the road in Houston. So there was a lot that had to go right. And that's where any team winning the world series basketball is a bit different because like you said, there's a lot less variance, better team, Teams usually win. It's like a one or a two seed wins a title every year, or you know this year was a three. But you know the best team in the league had all their players go get injured. Uh, so in baseball, there's so much more variance. You just really need to get in the playoffs and see what happens. But if the Phillies lost in the divisional series this year, when you haven't been there in ten years, everything changes. Obviously, if you're the Dodgers and they get to the D- the NLDS or the NLCS, not a, it's not lose, a good year. Yeah, that's different. It's a bad year. But you have to build to that again, and and so. If the only thing that ever comes out of the Bryce Harper, JT Romito era was one trip to the NLDS and we were looking back, I would call that a failure. But when you have not been in so long and your team has the second longest playoff drought in the whole sport, making the playoffs a success. And, you know, people might not want to hear that. They'd have a 42-ish percent chance, according to baseball reference, to beat the uh, Brewers if they got in. So, you know, it could happen. They already swept Milwaukee four games in Philly. So, Look, anything can happen uh, if you get in the playoffs, but that's why it's worth it, you know, and and the reality is, and this is different than basketball too, and even football, is that you're not getting a game-changing, you know, player uh, in a trade. You're not. You're getting, you know, if you were to trade Andrew McCutcheon, which is a name that I've heard people throwing around a lot, what are you getting for Andrew McCutcheon, who's on the end of his deal? He's a rental. He's a good bat. You're getting what? Two mid-level prospects? You know, what's that worth to you? And, and, and then, you know, he's coming off the books anyway next year. So, you know, if you're totally out of the playoffs, I get it. But if you have a shot, go for it. I'm always a, a person who believes in that. That's going to do it for part one of my conversation with Anthony DeBundo. Stay tuned for part two. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.